Hi, I'm Grant Dufresne, and welcome to Dufresne Ministries podcast channel. We believe that as you listen to this message, your faith will be stirred and you will be encouraged in whatever you are believing God for today. Stay tuned at the end of this message to find out more information about our ministry. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 tells us this regarding Jesus when uh, whenever he was uh, crucified and he took our place in the curse so that we could take his place in the blessing. Amen. And it says that regarding how Jesus defeated Satan and having spoiled principalities and powers, Jesus made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So how many of you know this? Satan's defeated. He is defeated and Jesus did that in our behalf. He did that for us. Amen. It was our victory he was winning. And then Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Just go back a page or so. And it reads this way. That God has delivered us from the power of darkness. And has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We changed kingdoms. You understand that. We changed lords. When we were born again, we came out from under the old lordship. Satan is no longer commanding us. We are no longer subject to him. We are completely free from his kingdom. What he tries to do, though, is he tries, as the Egyptians tried to follow God's people out of, out of Egypt, after God delivered them, tried to follow them into the Red Sea, uh, they were still free. I want you to know that's what Satan does. He is defeated, and we are free now, but he tries to follow us, so to speak, to try to deceive us into thinking he has a right to work against us. But when we realize that Jesus spoiled him and that we no longer belong to his kingdom, we don't put up with what we used to put up with. And you have to find out and realize that we are not subject to him anymore. Therefore, we, are not, we not only have a right, but we're authorized to say, no, you don't. And can I tell you this? Some of the greatest words you can learn in the face of the enemy is, no, you don't. And I'm saying you say it with authority. You say it with an understanding of Jesus spoiled you. Jesus stripped you of your power. I don't belong to your kingdom. Sickness is of your kingdom. Lack is of your kingdom. Fear is of your kingdom. Depression is of your kingdom. That has no part of me anymore. And I don't care what I may feel trying to pursue me. You may feel fear trying to pursue. You may feel symptoms trying to pursue, but you turn around in the face of those and you use your authority and say, no, you don't. The the Egyptians wanted to try to draw and bring those Hebrews that have been delivered back into Egypt. They pursued them with the idea of bringing them back. I want you to know that's what Satan tries to do. He pursues us with things we're delivered from to try to deceive us into thinking we are back in his kingdom and under his authority and we are not. Amen. 
There is not a Red Sea to swallow up the enemy facing us today. There, is, there are the words of the, of, uh, of the word in our mouth. The words of authority in our mouth. Amen. So it is not only our authority to say no to the old kingdom. We are a new man, new kingdom, new Lord. Amen. New life. Amen. So the devil doesn't want us to find this out. He doesn't want people to know that he's just trying to deceive them into thinking it's the way it used to be. But it's not. It's like a law enforcement officer, if I could say it that way. He doesn't make a law. He just enforces it. We're not the one who made this. Jesus did. Our victory was made by him. Our victory was won by him. But it's not us having to win the victory. He already won it for us. But it's up to us to enforce the victory. Amen. Just because a law is on the law books doesn't mean that people will automatically comply, right? (laughs) That's why we have law enforcement officers. They are enforcing the law that has already been made. And if a law enforcement officer doesn't show up, people will violate a law that's on the books. Same thing with the devil. If we don't show up as the law enforcement officers in our life, The book, the law book, the word of God. We did not make the law, God did. But it's up to us to enforce it. And if we don't enforce it, it won't get enforced. Amen. People will say, well, I'm waiting for God to do something. He did. He put it on the books. He put put a law in place. He put authority. He gave you authority. And he says, now go out and enforce this in your life and bless others with this. Amen. Just as people won't automatically comply with the law because it's on the books, the devil won't automatically comply. We are the law enforcement officers of our own life. Amen. That means because we no longer belong to the old kingdom. We no longer belong to Satan's kingdom. That means we're not trying to get free. This is where a lot of people miss it. They're trying to get free. They're trying to get victory. They're trying to get healing. They're trying to get prosperity. The thing is, it shows that they don't understand that they have already been delivered from the kingdom of darkness, already translated into the kingdom of his dear son, which is a kingdom of health. It's a kingdom of victory. It's a kingdom of prosperity. It's a kingdom of peace. It's a kingdom of joy. That's the kingdom we already belong to now. It's our job to enforce that in our lives. You say, well, I don't feel like it. A law enforcement officer's authority still works for him no matter what he feels like. You can have a a, a policeman, a law enforcement officer that wakes up and does not feel well that morning physically. Maybe he's got symptoms in his body, but he can still take his badge, put it on. And no matter what he feels like, everyone will have to comply when he shows up. And it's the same thing is Jesus is the badge. That name, the name of Jesus, say in the name of Jesus, regardless of what I feel, Regardless of what I don't feel, I speak to that violator 
the violator of symptoms, the violator of lack, the violator of fear. No, you don't. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And he must comply. Amen. Well, that's what it says in James chapter 4, verse 7. Resist the devil and he will flee. If God was going to do our resisting for us, why would he tell us to resist? He tells us to resist because he handed the authority to us. That means he no longer has the same authority on, over our lives that he has already entrusted to us. You understand that religion goes tilt on that because they say God can do anything. Listen, once he's handed the authority over to you, you are the one who's supposed to do. People say, why did God allow this in my life? God allows what we allow. You know, when I was young growing up, we didn't see the things and the confusion happening in society that we see today. Why? Law enforcement officers were expected to show up and use their authority. Today, all the politically correct things going on uh, ties the hands of our law enforcement officer and won't let them use their authority. So now things are out of order and things get out of place. That's what happens in the life of a believer. If we don't take our authority and use it, things will get out of place and we'll have a society in our home. We'll have a society around our life that we won't be, that we won't be liking very much. You using your authority gives you a peaceful life. You exercising your authority gives you a joyful life. Us exercising our authority causes health to flow in our lives. Causes prosperity to flow. Amen. In John chapter 10 and verse 10, of course, we know this passage that Jesus was speaking. And you understand Jesus revealed something and articulated in human hearing what had not ever been made this clear before. And he stood up, John chapter 10, verse 10, and he said, The thief cometh not but for to steal to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. He made it so clear. Anything that steals, kills, and destroys is the devil. Anything that's good and blesses is God. And Jesus made it very clear. For the first time, Satan was exposed as the one who was working all harm against humanity. Because religion has confused it and thought, well, God, you know, God, God allow it. Whatever will be, will be, you know, and God's in control of everything and all this unlearned comments. But Jesus got up and made it clear if it's something bad, God wasn't participating. People will say, somebody had written me a letter and I was rereading it the other day and they said, I just, my children just don't know why God let this divorce happen. I said, God didn't let it happen. The parent let it happen. Why? Because God allows what we allow. And if it's bad, it's to be rejected. If it's good, it's to be accepted. It's based on what we permit. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let me ask you this. If a criminal shows up to commit a crime at a residence or at a, at a place of business, how long does that criminal get to stay there and work? Until law enforcement officers show up. 
if they don't show up, he can stay there for a good long time. I mean, there are some that sleep at these places, you know. <laughs> what is it? As long as the enemy can show up and be unchallenged, he will continue to work. How long will things go wrong in your life as long as the enemy is unchallenged? Amen. When the law enforcement officer shows up, all this mess stops right now. It is your job to show up every day with the authority in your life. Anything tries to get out of place, this stops now. And people are waiting for God to stop things and he's waiting for you to show up and exercise your authority. Amen. And then they blame God for the life they have instead of blaming not showing up with their authority against the violator. Well, praise the Lord. Now let's talk about, we're talking about the three steps to victory. The biggest thing for Christians to realize, let's go to, uh, let's go to Mark 11 and verse 12. We want to start reading there. One of the biggest things for Christians to realize is this, what I was just speaking about is using your authority. You not only have to be good at talking to God, we have to be good at talking to the devil. We talk to God in fellowship and in reverence. We speak to the devil in authority. We don't carry on conversations with him. We tell him, no, you don't. In fact, can I tell you the whole of Jesus's conversation with demons was shut up and come out. <laughs> shut up and come out. <laughs> that was the whole of his interaction with the devil. <laughs> Amen. Why don't let wrong things continue talking to you unanswered? If we listen to the wrong thing long enough, we will start believing the wrong thing. That's exactly what happened with Eve. She showed up. The devil showed up. She knew exactly what God said. And she could even repeat to the enemy what God said. But the longer she conversed and listened and held conversation with what was wrong, what was wrong started making sense. If we listen long enough to the wrong thing, the wrong thing will start making sense. I'm talking about mentally, not spiritual sense, not Bible sense, but head sense. Because if you listen long enough, the de- long enough, the devil will say, well, you know, your grandfather died of this and your father died of this and you have two uncles with this. And right now you're also experiencing a few of the symptoms. You listen long enough. You search enough internet pages. You listen long enough, the wrong thing will start making sense to you. That's why when the devil was on the scene, Jesus did not let him talk to him. Not carrying on conversation, not listening, shut up and come out. I can't tell you how important it is that you say shut up to that wrong thought. 
No, you don't. You're not saying that to my children. You're not saying that in my marriage. You're not saying that to me against my spouse. You listen to the wrong words and they will start becoming your thoughts. One of the most important things that every believer must learn is how to answer opposition. The more you know how to answer opposition, the more God can use you. If you don't know how to answer opposition, there's going to be very little God will be able to use you in. But I want God to be able to use me. What about that? Yeah. Many are just hoping the devil will leave them alone so that life can get better. Devil's not going to leave you alone. You're going to have to demand that he leave your situation. He's always going to try. You can't keep him from trying. You can't keep him from talking. But when he does, you better have something to say. Once he says something, you must answer it. This is one of the biggest things to living a life of victory is answer it. Every wrong thought, every wrong feeling, every unpaid bill, every bit of fear, every bit of depression. And too many times we can look and we can say, you know what? I've been putting up with things in my life I would have never put up with 10 years ago. I'm talking about spiritually with the devil doing something. If we're not careful, we will drift and be lulled into accepting what we never would have accepted in times past. We need to take inventory and say, what have I been putting up with? What symptoms have I been putting up with? Well, I'm getting older. What's that got to do with it? The, the word says the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter, not duller and more painful. If you listen to untaught people and unknowledgeable people, then they will teach you a different way of thinking than what the word says. Uh, a dear friend of mine, her mother just went home to be with the Lord and she called me and told me about it. And I said, isn't this the greatest day? She has been heading toward this day, her whole Christian life. Oh my gosh. And we just rejoice. Now see, who told, who told the Christian they were supposed to start crying when, when people went to go live with Jesus? Unknowledgeable people changing light into darkness by not thinking right. Amen. When you think right, nothing is dark in the life of the believer. Nothing is dark. Jesus said, behold, I give you power or authority to tread on serpents, scorpions. See, these are biting things. Serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. He said, I give you authority. If you don't do that, serpents and scorpions will still be, still be biting at your life, biting at your marriage, biting at your finances, biting at your health and your, and your children. And then people say, why did God let that happen? Because they did not take the place that Jesus assigned them. I give you authority to tread on. Now, if he gave the authority to you, he doesn't have the same authority now he's given you over your life. 
because he gave it to you. When I come here to the church building, as soon as I arrive, the, the usher guys take my car keys. I can go out there to my car. It belongs to me. It's in my name, but they got my key. I can't get in it. Why? Because I took my key, which was the authority to move a car, to open a car, move a car. I gave it to them. Even though it's my car, I got no more power to move it without that key. We belong to God, but the key he gave to us. And if something's going to get moved out of our life, we have to take that key and move it. The only way I can move that car is go back and get the key back, even though I own it still. See, we belong to him. He owns us. But the only thing is, he gave us the key. He said, behold, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind shall be bound. Whatever you loose shall be loosed. And heaven will back you up. You use your authority and all of heaven's power will back you up. If you don't bind it, it won't get bound. If you don't loose it, it won't get loosed. Why? Because he gave us the key. Yes, he's our Lord. Yes, he, he owns us. But he gave us the keys so that we can drive our life right into the victory he provided for us. Amen. Hallelujah. How do you use this authority? You answer things. You answer things. Mark 11 and verse 12. And on the morrow when they were come from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves... So it looked like it should have figs, right? He came, and if happily he might find anything thereon, and when he came to it, he found nothing. I love that phrase because it makes us, helps us to know that even Jesus came up to a need and found nothing. He needed food, and what looked to be like food He found nothing. There's going to come up days in your life when you're going to walk up to something, you're going to have a need, and you're going to find nothing. You're going to find nothing. What did Jesus do when he came up to nothing? Amen. It says he found nothing but leaves for the time of figs was not yet. And this is what Jesus did when he found nothing. Verse 14, and Jesus answered. What's he answering? Nothing. Lack. It's not there. The supply is not there. What did he do when he walked up to something, when there should have been something and found nothing? He answered it. Why? Because the, the lack said, not here. We're not giving you anything. There's nothing here. He answered. You need to answer when your checkbook shows nothing. Answer it. When, when your body doesn't show health, answer it. Notice this, Jesus talked to trees. Jesus talked to things. And things obeyed him. Amen. In verse 14, and Jesus answered and said unto it, the tree, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Ooh. 
Notice what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say, I'm the son of God. Uh, I created you. I'm the one that put the life in the seed. No, he said he talked to that tree based on what that tree said to him. This is what we need to understand when we answer. We have to answer specifically. He didn't just answer and walk up and say, well, I'm the son of God. I'm anointed. I have a miracle ministry. That's not the answer to lack. He answered the lack specifically. When he went up to get fruit and it answered him and said, no fruit, he answered back and said, no man will eat fruit of you. In other words, if you're not feeding me, you're feeding no man. You're not going to feed somebody later if you didn't feed me. Isn't that right? And he answered it specifically. The tree said, no, no fruit for you. So he answered back specifically, no fruit for anyone. No man gets fruit out of you. And his disciples heard it. I wonder what they thought. The man is talking to trees. They want him talking to trees because later they need him to talk to water for them so they don't drown, right? Notice verse 15. His disciples heard him and they come to Jerusalem. So notice this, he answered it and he kept walking. This is what authority does. It answers things and it keeps walking. It keeps going and making progress. When you answer something, when something is opposing you, you don't stand there and just watch and see, did it work? Did the pain leave? Did things change? You answer it and you continue on. Notice what Jesus said, behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Meaning this. If you exercise your authority, nothing will hurt you. If you don't exercise your authority, something's going to bite you. Praise the Lord. We have authority. I said we have authority. It's up to us to use our authority for our authority is ours. Amen. Hallelujah. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Defray Ministries.